and welcome again to The Heart of Titus with Dan and Tony. In this episode, Tony continues to talk to a panel of guests about hearing the voice of God and how does God speak to us? How does he communicate to us? And what is he saying? But first, we want to say thank you to everyone who is listening and being a part of The Heart of Titus. And we want to let you know that you can learn more about our ministry and what we do at www.heartoftitus.org. You can also find us on all of the social media platforms. So let me hand it off to Pastor Tony as he talks about hearing the voice of God. The Word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. The Word is so powerful that it can penetrate deep within us and show us our real motives. God's Word will show us the truth of who we are and who God has called us to be. Where would we be without the Word? Jesus says, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need God's Word to live. Thank God for the Bible, which is the perfect and infallible Word of God. But the Bible is not the only way God speaks to us today. Jesus himself is the Word, and God speaks through him to us today in many different ways. As Jesus speaks to us today, however he does it, he brings life, he brings salvation, he brings healing to our body and to our emotions, and he brings a deliverance. His word can restore everything that the devil has stolen from us and from our loved ones. But how does Jesus speak today? To the early disciples, he spoke with his mouth, but he's not here in physical form anymore. He's in heaven interceding for us. Today, we're going to have an honest conversation about how Jesus speaks to his people in these times through other people, people like you and me. Welcome to another Honest Conversation. Today we're going to talk about hearing God's voice and taking what we hear to bless the lives of others. But first I want to introduce my guests here today, my good friends. Uh, first to my right is Darren Slack, who leads our prophetic teams overseas, but also is the producer of the show. So welcome, Darren. Uh, to his right is my daughter, Sarah Nardella, and Sarah has a blog called Meet My Spiritual Doctor. You want to check that out. To my left is Briston and Latandra Heaven. They are the co-pastors of E3 Ministries in Claremont, Florida. So thank you all for being here, and let's just get right into it. Sarah, is it possible that God could use people like me and you and others, the people who are watching, to speak God's word to other people and bless their lives. I mean, is that even possible? That is such a, a good question, and it's surprisingly controversial. People have been debating whether or not God speaks or speaks through people for ages, right? But when I look at the Bible, I see example upon example upon example in the Old Testament and in the New Testament of God using people to minister his word to others. So some examples could be um, Moses to Pharaoh, mm -hmm. Nathan to David. Uh, think about the New Testament, Anna prophesying Jesus when he walked into, mm -hmm. or not walked, was carried, right, into the temple. Um, think about Peter and Paul and all the prophesying that they did to help build the early church. God, it's clearly biblical for God to use people to speak his word. Mm. Well, it's, you know, it's really true. I mean, as we look in the Bible, we see that there's Old Testament examples 
You mentioned New Testament examples. We see in the, even in the book of Revelation, there's the two prophets that come down and speak to the world on God's behalf. But there's some teaching out there that says that um, somehow God's in this quiet period. What do you have to say about that, Briston? Tony, that's an interesting question in terms of God being in this quiet period. It, it reminds me of that period between the Old Testament and the New Testament that that God was quiet. God was God, 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 God's voice, they didn't hear it. But God still speaks today and God still speaks through His people. The question is, are we listening? Oh, that's right, Briston. It's, uh, are we really listening to what God's saying? And, and then what are we doing with it? You know, so let's talk about what do we, what do, we do with what we hear? What, is, what does the Bible say, Darren, about hearing something from God and using it to bless somebody else? Well, first of all, we have to understand that He's going to do that. You spend any time with Him hearing His voice, very quickly He's going to begin to tell you about others. It's like He pulls out the photo album, like a, a relative who sits on Thanksgiving Day and sits down with you and says, oh, look what they did here, look how cute they are, look how wonderful they are. He is going to tell you about how much He loves those around you because that's who He is. He is proud of those things that we want to get rid of, things about our nature, things about our personality because He made us. So when we hear what He's going to say, 1 Corinthians 14, 3 tells us He's going to edify, He's going to encourage, He's going to comfort, because that's His nature, it's what He wants to do. So when we hear Him talking about others, it's going to be a lot like a father saying, let me tell you about my, my brother, your brother or your sister. Listen to how He talked about Job. Have you considered my servant Job? He is proud of Job. The idea is, is that He does this. He, he boasts of His goodness in us to the, even the enemy. And we need to realize that that is a father who is proud of us. And I don't know that we see ourselves that way, but that's what we're going to get according to Scripture. Edification, encouragement, and comfort. Okay, so that's, that's really cool. That's really great. Uh, God wants to speak to me about nice things about other people, but why can't they just get that out of their own Bible or their own pastor? I mean, why do I have to do it? Uh, what do you say to that, LaTondra? Well, I believe it's because we are a body and that sometimes there are things that we miss because we are faulty at times. And so we get caught up in our own, um, our own lives. We're going about our days and sometimes we just miss it. And that's why it's so good to have our brother and our sister walking alongside of us to come to us and say, hey, this is what the Lord is saying to kind of snap us back to reality and to get us back on that, on that right path. Or to even comfort us because if you're like me, you can stay in that place so long that you forget that God loves you. You forget that He wants to comfort you. He forgets that He's forgiven you. And so you need other people to come and speak those things into you, to speak that life into you, to strengthen you so that you can get up and keep moving. You know, we all need that, right? Mm -hmm. So depression rates are higher than they've ever been. Anxiety mm -hmm. rates are higher than they've ever been. And the devil attacks people that are Christians and non-Christians alike, right? So we have to assume that there are people in the body of Christ that are struggling and that need the encouragement from others to help build them back up and remind them who they are in Christ. Like what Darren was talking about in the last episode, we are sons and daughters of God. And sometimes when we're caught up in our depression, we're caught up in our anxiety, our circumstances, our sickness, we lose sight of that. And we need someone to come and kind of 
interrupt uh, the pattern or the cycle that we're in. And I love that because not only do we lose sight of who we are, we lose sight of who God is. That's what we got to get focused back on. See, who God is is very important here because if we see God as simply a king over a, a, a kingdom or a lord over a manor, then we're going to miss some things here. He's a father over a family, and a family speaks to one another. And a father specifically will use brothers and sisters to speak to one another in a way that encourages both them who are speaking and the ones who are receiving. That's part of how he does what he does. And that's a privilege we have to participate. See, when I speak life into you, I not only get the benefit to see you as God sees you, but I learn something about his heart for you. And I learn something about his heart for you and for you. And when I do that, I learn something about him. Darren, that is so good. In my earlier years, and I'm still growing, I, I keep asking, Father, what are you gonna do for me? What are you gonna do for me? When all along he was saying, who I am to you, who I am to you. And the more we listen to see who he is to us, the more we'll appreciate what he does for us. You know, that's so good. And, you know, the ability to hear what he says and the, the comfort and the encouragement that he gives to us to turn around and share that with other is, others is really how the Lord has designed for the church to be built up. You know, I hate to break the news to the world, but it's not all about you. You know, it's about what God is doing in the universe and he's building a church. He's coming back for a beautiful bride and the process, according to Ephesians 4, for how that works is how each member, you know, builds up the body in love. Well, how do you do that? Well, partly it's through actions but a lot of it's through words and prayers and encouragements, using your mouth, using your tongue. So who's got an example of, or testimony, of how they were built up by the words of somebody else? I am so grateful that I've had so many examples in my life where I've been through a rough time and someone has come up to me and said, hey, I believe the Lord wants to encourage you. And they've spoken to that situation and it has made me just, um, just it's just taken a weight off my shoulders. And I know one specific example, I knew it was God. One of the ways I knew it was God was because uh, this woman, I, I had never met her before um, and she didn't know my name, didn't know me. And she told me what she felt like the Lord was speaking to her about me. And that part, all of that lined up, but it was almost too good to be true. And I thought, is this really for me? And then she says, and I keep hearing that God says that you're a princess. But that's kind of funny, right? What's that about? And I told her, I said, oh, well, my name is Sarah mm. and my name means princess. And so in that moment that gave me, you know, we talk about God as father. I thought, oh, God sees me and he sees me as his princess. It, it just made me feel so seen. And also to, to Darren's point about, you know, how, uh, and your point, Dad, about the unity. When that person shared that with me, I was so grateful that they had shared something so encouraging to me. It just, my heart also filled with love for them too. And it did for me create this sense, this bond or this unity between us because that's what the Holy Spirit does. You know, what I'm hearing there is that there was an element of, it was more than just at a girl, way to go, keep going. There was a supernatural element there where something was revealed that meant something to you and there was, the woman couldn't have known. 
She had no idea. Mm -hmm. And yet for her to say princess, I mean, that has such personal significance to me. Well, that I guess would you, Darren, I guess you would call that a word of knowledge. What, what are some of the way, other ways that God reveals himself to us that we can share with others to bless them? Yeah, Tony, there's a lot of ways that God speaks to us. According to 1 Corinthians 12, the Spirit manifests for the common good, to build up believers through a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, through prophecy. And a little further down in 1 Corinthians 14, talks about a revelation coming forth or a lesson or a song. There's lots of different ways God will speak to us to edify, encourage, and comfort us. What a blessing for the church, isn't it? that God would let us have these gifts to build us up this way. And, you know, we want to drill down more on this, but we're going to take a break right now. So hang tight and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Before the break, we were talking, Darren, about the different ways that God manifests His Spirit by revealing the Word that He's given to us uh, prophetically. Uh, I'd like to hear you drill down a little bit more on that. Yeah, I, I can do that. There's basically four areas or the term would be prophetic speech that the Spirit manifests through the church. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, and prophecy. Uh, tongues and interpretation tongues is kind of a package deal, and that kind of is its own thing. Um, but those four kind of become the primary format for how God tends to speak through people to others. A word of knowledge would just be something that we wouldn't otherwise know unless He supernaturally revealed it to us. A word of wisdom is essentially what to do about it. It's a directive that God can give to someone how to answer a situation or what to do with what God's revealing to us at a given moment. Uh, discerning of spirits is really to understand what's operating in a room at a given time. It could be, are we seeing God's spirit at work? Is it man's motives or flesh? Or is it the enemy? Uh, we need to have that kind of discernment in the setting to understand and then ultimately to really just know what God's heart is for a setting. So my experience is that I will often be asked, what's happening in a meeting, not to say anything, but just to give clarity to the pastors, what's happening and what God seems to be doing. And then of course there's prophecy, which is that moment in which we believe God will encourage through someone else with something specific, intentional, and timely that edifies, encourages, and comforts them. You know, wow, Darren, that's so good. And you know, when you mentioned word of knowledge, it made me think of um, in the Bible where Jesus is at the the well at Samaria, and the woman comes up to draw water, and he has this conversation with her in John 4. And they're having this nice, tidy religious discussion until uh, Jesus uh, says something about where her husband was, and she said she didn't have one. And, and then Jesus, out of the clear blue, just reveals that he knows that not only is the guy that she's with now not her husband, but that she's had four or five others. And, um, and, and although that could be seen as kind of condemning, it really drew her into the conversation. And she realized that she was with somebody who had tapped into something supernatural. So now she, that hunger in her really jumped up and she wanted to have more. So I, I, that to me is such an incredible blessing to her, <laughs> the blessing to the village she went to preach to. Um, how about this word of wisdom that you mentioned? Uh, anybody have, LaTantra, do you have an example of a word of wisdom um, in your life? Yeah, I think I do. Actually, I have a few examples because that's one of the areas that I believe God has gifted me in pretty strongly. And I think Briston, he's always telling me that. But um, one particular example I think about was, um, I was talking with this young lady and she was sharing with me, actually it was a dream that she had had. 
And as we talked about it, we began to realize that what seemed to be God was not God, right? And she's like, okay, it, it had to do with the particular situation that she was in and she was going a different route because of what the dream was saying. And of course, I'm thinking, and I just sensed in my spirit, this dream was not from God, it was a distraction from the enemy. And so as we talked about it, the Lord spoke to me and he said, tell her, use what's in your hand, what's in your hands. And so I asked her the question, what's in her hands? And, and I was actually able through the grace of the Holy Spirit to help her lay out what her next step should be. And it didn't have anything to do with her current situation, which is really kind of how God works. Sometimes you think it's gonna be in a box and it's gonna look a particular way, but God gave out of the box strategy for her situation that kind of caught her and really me off guard. And I just love when that happens. You know, as I read the scripture, these things really do exist. I mean, just the, what I mentioned from the woman at the well in Samaria, um, our own personal experiences. I mean, if I were a leader of a church, which I'm not currently, or I guess I am, um, I would want to see more of that in my church. Why do you think it is that we're not seeing more of that? Sarah, what do you think? There's probably a lot of different answers to that. Um, you know, and I think that it's really clear in the Bible that when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, Jesus talks about how he's sending the Holy Spirit to reveal out of the box things to us, things that we wouldn't be able to understand without the Holy Spirit. And that can be a little scary. You know, sometimes it's hard to be open to out of the box ideas. Sometimes we don't want to look at what's in our hands. We'd rather just rely on what we know and what's tangible in front of us. So I'm not saying that that's the motivation of every person that doesn't believe in the gift of the spirit, but I do think that sometimes uh, it is fear that keeps us from being open to everything that God has for us. Wow. But there are a lot of denominations that don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, or they believe that the gifts only operate in a very, very specific way. And that's fine. You know, I, I think we can respect everybody's belief system about this. At the same time, I'm so grateful that, that I have experienced these gifts, that people have shared words of wisdom and discerning of the spirits and words of knowledge with me because of how much they have um, edified my life. And even that God has used me to share those kind of gifts with others because of the way that it's blessed them as well. Nice. Like I will, it's the my favorite part of Christianity besides <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's just this idea that we can feel so seen by God and then also allow others to share or enable others to feel seen as well. It's human nature to want to filter everything through human reasoning. Mm. And when we start talking about the supernatural, the miraculous, you know, the healings, the tongues and all of those things, we don't have control over those things. And so there is a war going on. Our human reasoning can't explain it and we want to be in control. So we we're supposed to exercise self-control, but I think in some ways we also want to control God and he cannot be. Tondra, you know, that's well said. And I, it, it's, what I'm hearing from you and from Sarah is that there's some fear and control that may be involved here in 
um, and even some of the doctrine that's emerged, which is very anti-biblical. I think we've done a very good job of illuminating the fact that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. God speaks to people today. There's no cogent biblical argument to the contrary. Um, so what would motivate people to teach to the contrary? Well, you know, part of that, I think, is um, even if you do believe in the gifts, they've been kind of abused. Person, you want to address how a pastor might feel about how people might use gifts in a church and yet maybe not use them so well? These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit, again, is a person. And so the Holy Spirit, when we, is, is actually the most neglected person in the Godhead. We hear a lot about the Father, we hear a lot about the Son, but we seldom hear about the Spirit. Well, if we neglect the Spirit, we're going to neglect what He has to offer, which are the gifts. So when we get to know the Holy Spirit better, then we're able to receive and welcome what He has to offer. Now, Jesus said that, I will not leave you as orphans. Think about orphans. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm going to send the Helper. The Helper is with us today, which means that what He brings, the gifts, is also with us today. But that's not all that He brings. And here's how to answer your question, Tony. Gifts are given, but fruit is cultivated. So when you have someone who is not, and, and, and personally, when I'm not leaning in on the Holy Spirit, and I'm more leaning in on my, my fleshly desires, I'm going to abuse what He gives. But when I obey and I listen to the Holy Spirit and I allow Him to guide me and lead me, then I'm able to use well what He has given me to help the body. Again, it goes back to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is present. The gifts are present. He wants us to know Him better so that we can use well what He has given us. I don't know if I'm speaking for anybody else, although I think I am. Uh, I've been hurt a lot by the misuse of these gifts. And I think if part of the road back is going to be uh, working through um, getting healed on that and forgiving uh, the people uh, that may have um, gotten a little off base uh, with the use of the gifts. Latondra, what do you think? You know, we have to be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater um, because people have misused it. They have abused it. I mean, there are a lot of Matthew 7 prophets out there where Jesus said, many of you are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out demons? Did I not perform miracles in your name? And on that day, what did Jesus say? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So we have to understand that there are people out there, but we can't throw it all out because we're allowing, you know, the rotten apples to spoil the bunch. We, we've got to reclaim the purity of all of these gifts. And it starts with leadership. That's what I do believe. You know, leadership is influence. If you are a leader, you have influence into the lives of your people. I mean, the Latin root of um, influence, it literally means to flow into. And so as a leader, you need to reclaim prophecy. You need to be trained on prophecy or whatever gift that you are lacking. You need to be equipped yourself so that you can flow into or influence your congregation and help them to rise to the occasion as well. But you have to be an example. 
you have to be the examples. Leaders are examples. Well, guys, great conversation today. You know, as we close, I just want to say that if it's true that God speaks to us, then we really are carrying around a precious treasure inside of us. It's so precious, so valuable. It needs to be shared. God's word inside of us will make an impact for the better on the lives of the people around us. It will not come back to us empty. When the Holy Spirit came upon those who were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, He gave a sign of tongues of fire on their heads to show them that the tongue was the member of the body that was most important for the work of God to advance. People will not be able to enjoy God's great salvation if they don't know about it, and they aren't going to know about it unless somebody opens their mouth and tells them about God's Word and His wonders powerful challenge there by Pastor Tony. We don't just hear God's voice. We hear God's voice that leads us to tell other people about his goodness, his grace, and his saving power. Well, thank you again for listening and being a part of the Heart of Titus. And we want you to participate in what we're doing. And we ask that you just uh, like and subscribe to this podcast. It lets other people know that maybe this might be something that they would like to listen to. Um, Also, you can share it to some friends and let them listen to it. Uh, We believe that this ministry is to encourage those and to help those in their everyday walk and following Jesus. So if you want to know more about our ministry, again, you can go to our website at heartoftitus.org. And you can also follow us on all of the social media platforms at Heart of Titus. Well, again, thank you so much, and we look forward to seeing you again on the next Heart of Titus podcast.